to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible Study, 7 p.m. Thursdays, Men Focus, that's our discussion group that begins at 6 p.m. And on Saturdays at 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on KKLA.com or 99.5 on your radio dial. I like listening to it stream through the internet, a lot more clarity, you know, and it doesn't matter where I am, if I've traveled someplace to speak or, you know, it's going to pick it right up because it's through the worldwide network. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You know, sometimes you might not feel like it. I heard Paul say that, you know, that he brings this body into subjection daily. But not only Paul, but all of those that say they believe. All of those that say, I love the Lord, because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so our show of love is by keeping the commandments of the Lord. Now, in order to know the commandments, you got to get up close and personal with him. You know, just like in any other relationship, you get up close and personal with the individual that you're interested in. You find out what their likes and dislikes are. You find out the buttons, you know, um, couples, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know how to push each other's button. You, you know what will get them going, you know, in a good way and sometimes in a bad way, but you find it humorous, but it's part of the relationship. And so you get up close and personal and you find out what it is about that individual that you, you know, you're accepting and they're accepting and there's trade-offs and you know and and so um and so you understand and and so let's get up close and personal with the lord no matter what you know uh, in a relationship sometimes you just need a hug and because you had a bad hair day or you just need someone to talk to someone that will just listen to you they don't have to fix it they don't have to say a word you know, and, and so it's the same in our relationship with the Lord. You know, he knows just what to do. He knows how to comfort us, you know. And so, again, up close and personal. We're in the book of Genesis. Mighty God, book of Genesis. And so we, we're going to, I want to direct your attention to that third chapter. And, and while you're turning there, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you for blessing us this day. Lord God, you've given us a reasonable portion of health. Lord God, you blessed us through the thick and the thin. You brought us out of the valley of the shadow of death. Lord God, you, you brought us up to this place in time. Lord God, we thank you for seeing us on top of the hill. Thank you for seeing us down the hill. And, 
Lord God, and through the highways and the byways in which we have traveled. Lord God, we just want to honor you, Lord God, in this place where your name is being lifted up. Lord God, we're exalting you and, and holding up your word. Lord God, by applying it to our lives. Lord God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would ask each one that is under the sound of my voice and those that will be tuning in in this hour, those that will be tuning in later, Lord God, I ask that you would bless them. You know the need of every individual. Lord God, and so we thank you. We thank you in advance for what you've done. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, and we just pray and ask that you remember those that are sick in their body. Lord God, that you would heal them. Lord God, according to your will, we pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Save, Lord. Lord, you know those that are caught up in addictions, those that are seeking a way out of bad situations, toxic environments. You know how to deliver them because you delivered me. You've delivered others. Lord God, and so we thank you and we pray in, in, in agreement with them. Lord God, that you would meet their needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my prayer is that your day is going well. Maybe you've had a, a, a bad hair day or maybe not. Maybe all the curls are still in, you know, and, and so and so certainly we thank God for that. Again, we're in the book of the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis. And we are touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, the moving from the general to the particulars of, of this, uh, the three areas, the universe, earth, and man. We are touching the creation and the principal person who is the cause of all things and his designing mind. Bless your Lord. Genesis, the, I'm going to start with Genesis 2 and 25. And then Genesis 3, 7, 8 through 13. 7 through 13. Okay. 7 through 13. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. The Bible says, and they were both naked. They were naked. We know what naked is. They were both naked. And the man and his wife were not ashamed. They had no reason to be ashamed. Couples have no reason to be ashamed in their nakedness. Holy matrimony between a man and his wife. She was a woman from the very start. There was no change made after her birth. The man and the woman, the man and his wife were not ashamed. You know, I, I like that the phrase that I, I heard a, a, one of the hosts make in uh, listening to the host of a show and I, I like 
the fact that he was talking about marriage and he said, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I totally agree to grow, uh, to be young and, you know, what you might feel is in shape and everything, but then to grow old and, and flabby together. And it doesn't mean you're going to grow old and flabby. That was just a phrase of talking about growing old together. But the main thing is not being ashamed. Not being ashamed of one another because there is an appreciation. All right. And the eyes of them both were open. Seventh verse, third chapter seventh verse. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And as a result, they sewed fig leaves together. And they made themselves aprons. Their eyes were open. I'll give you a chance here to answer what caused their eyes to open. There was two things that occurred. I just want you to name two things. Comment it in. Eighth verse says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where are thou? You know, I like listening to... Um, Bible Gateway, I like listening to that and they have the drama, drama, they dramatize the scripture as it's a play, you know, and so they have different characters there, there, you know, thought of how the Lord may have said, where art thou, Adam, you know, or uh, to me, I, I think it may have been a soft talk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was a fearful thundering that would have made Adam and his wife dig a hole and or climb under a rock. But I believe it was a voice of compassion. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. There was a question that's been put out there. There's a question that, that's, that's pending for, for someone to answer. There's two answers to be given. Two answers to be given as to why their eyes was open. Now, your answers always should come from the scripture. So always come from the scripture. Not from the, the, the interpretation of it, but because I'm certainly going to ask um, what does scripture say? Because the Bible tells us to be that we're accountable for our answers and what we say and what we do. And so some answers we give may be right in other settings and wrong in this one. There was two things that occurred, two things that they did. The reason their eyes was open. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? 
before you you wasn't aware of walking around being naked. You were you and uh, your wife was not ashamed of that. Now I, I know that previously I, I asked about their nakedness and what were they clothed in. And just to be clear, they were clothed in righteousness. There was nothing unrighteous about the man and his wife. They were holy unto the Lord. They were without sin. You want to be holy unto the Lord. You want to be without sin as Adam and his wife were, as the man and his, and his woman as Adam and Eve were, you want to be clothed in righteousness. Now, Jesus has made a way for that to occur, looking for answers here. He's made a way for that. And so when we're, we put him on, we put him on. We put him on through water baptism and he puts us on through the Holy Ghost. And you'll find that in the scriptures I'm not going to go into that this evening, but you'll find that in the scripture. In answer to the questions, the Lord told them not to eat it and not to touch it. Two things. Don't eat it. Don't touch it or something is going to happen. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. And the man said, the woman that thou gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree. And I did eat. Now, when I was looking at some things as I was uh, preparing, I saw that everyone kept throwing a picture of an apple up. There was no polo or cameras in the garden. To There is no scripture or anything identifying an apple as being the, the fruit that they should not have eaten or even touched. Now, it could have still remained on the tree. They could have looked at it and handled it with their hands without pulling it off the off the limb. The Lord said, don't touch it. Don't, don't even touch it. And, and so, but yet people post pictures of apples, just like there was no polo or cameras or anything, you know, uh, no Kodak, no iPhones or nothing to take a picture of Christ himself. And so we know that these are fairy tales and, and different things and images that have been created for particular reasons also. The Bible said he's looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when the, when the, the, the scripture says that the voice came in the cool of the day, the inspiration of God, the influence of the Lord, his voice came in the cool of the day. It does not describe a physical being, a physical person, but it says the voice of the Lord. And he said, I heard the voice. I heard your voice is a representation. I heard your presence. I understood the voice uh, did something. It causes, it shook up the atmosphere, the environment. When the voice of the Lord came, when it, when he was, when his voice, just his voice alone, was present, it prevailed over everything. Just like his goodness prevails. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. That low down no good. Now, that woman that you gave me, that gift, the one that I was excited, he was extremely excited over her. Uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And shall the man leave his, a man is gonna leave, this, leave his mother and his father, leave it and cleave to his wife. Those were the sentiments of his heart when he saw the woman. Don't know if he whistled. Don't know what else may have happened. But there was some mental stimuli. And I'm sure there was physical stimuli as well. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? Okay, you said it was the woman. Well, okay. Woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. The ser it was the serpent. It wasn't just me alone, but it was the serpent that enticed me. It was the serpent that charmed me, got over on me. And shouldn't ladies, shouldn't nobody charm over your husband? If they do, there's a problem. You need to immediately uh, don't don't cover things up. Don't don't ignore it. Don't feel like, oh, it's so exciting to have someone else pay attention to me. And you have not, you have not said anything, I don't mean nagging, in a nagging way to that man, that, that baby, you working so much that we haven't spent no time. But don't do that. Uh, there's a time when, that, okay, we need to go to some counseling. Because should nobody be charming you over him? Likewise, men. Uh, yo, yo, mm, shouldn't nobody be doing that. If you like the perfume that you smelt when you walked past her and you complimented it, why not buy a gift for your lady? Should nobody fascinate you that much over your companion, over him or her? Shouldn't nobody lure you? into anything by telling you that you're eating that uh, that same bowl of rice that you that you picked up that you bought into that you married you know 10 20 years ago shouldn't nobody get over on you like that but we find here that the woman some time has gone by not knowing how much time but the serpent beguiled me and I did eat there are many excuses, but there's only one truth to it all. The man has given an excuse. The woman has given an excuse. Now, my question is, do you prefer that white lie? You know, they call it a little white lie. I had air quotes going on here. A little white lie. Do you prefer that little white lie or do you prefer truth? I like to think that you want the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Don't listen to uh, those movies and others talking about, you can't handle the truth. You know, oh, yes, you can. You want the truth. 
You want the truth. You may have to ease into some truths, but you want the truth. Now, one causes incarceration. I'm not talking about jail, the physical jail. I'm talking about mental, emotional, uh, even physical bondage can exist because of a lie. And the other will set you free. The thing about a liar, I don't, I don't have a problem with calling someone out and if they get caught in a lie, you know, and I don't mean in a rude way either. But let's not lie. Let's not lie. Lying has done some damage. Lying has done a lot of damage. Matter of fact, the Bible says the devil is the father of all liars. So if you lie, if you have a lying spirit, you know who your daddy is. You need to mm -hmm, become what emancipated. You need to get away from that. The Lord said that liars will not tarry in his sight, meaning at the end of the day, liars are not going to even be able to stand there and, and give an excuse of any type. The Lord said liars will not tarry in his sight. You don't have a chance if you're a liar. Now, ladies, gentlemen, liars steal your future. A thief comes in, Steve goes in the parking lot right now and take my bucket. All the thief has done is taken my past. It did not take my future. Uh, they, uh, go, the thief goes into my home and, and takes my TV, or, you know, and or breaks it because they're disappointed because it's not a big TV. Uh, then the thief has done nothing but taking my pass. Maybe it, it took a few dollars that I made. Yeah, it's an inconvenience, but it is not my future. It is the past. A liar tells you things that alters your action of what you would do. You were going to, uh, you're, you were making up your mind, you were making a decision, you were trying to do something to accomplish a certain goal. And he or she comes along and feeds you a bunch of malarkey, hoodwinks you, bamboozle you, as they, you know, and all those different terms that, that I act, that I heard on Malcolm S today. So trick you and take from you what you would do with your future moves. Some of us have experienced it. He may have said, I love you. She may have said, don't worry about it. And all the time there was a hidden agenda. You need to be aware of hidden agendas. The serpent had a hidden agenda. The 25th verse that we start out with on the second chapter said, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. We're not ashamed, as we should not be. There's nothing to be ashamed about uh, in your relationship of husband and wife. You should be able to... Uh, I don't want to use this word, but I can't think of another word. No, you know what? You should just, you should admire one another. I'm not going to use that word. You should admire one another. 
and the fact that you're growing together. You're growing together and there's going to be change. It is going to be changed from the Coke bottle that you may have had. And maybe you didn't have a Coke bottle. Maybe you were a leader already. And, and so there's nothing wrong with that. We buy both from the store, don't we? We buy cans, we buy bottles, we buy leaders, we buy what we want. We buy a gallon of juice, we buy half a gallon of juice, whatever your flavor is enjoy it enjoy it there's nothing to be ashamed about when we don't take care of what's on the inside that creates a problem we don't want bad health we don't want to put stress on ourselves but we're all working from the inside out not the outside in shame is that painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the conscious awareness of wrong or foolish behavior. Now, I don't like the feeling of shame. I don't like that. That's a terrible feeling. And, and you know, most of it's caused by sin, it's caused by making a mistake. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sin that you were ashamed. It could have been that you, you felt a little shame because you were walking and you slipped in those heels or you tripped over that piece of whatever it was, uh, you know, they caught your Stacey Adam. So uh, that's a light side of shame. But then there's the shame of when you know that you've done something, uh, you did something. Maybe you were deceived or, or you was the deceiver or you were taken advantage of or betrayed and you're ashamed of it, especially when others find out. There's shame goes deep. No one likes to be ashamed. Some of the anger or acting out that, that people do is because they are ashamed, uh, they're hurt. Walking down the hall of shame and or having your name placed on the mantle of shame is, is, is not where you wanna be, no one. Like you and I, shame from experience and, and, and hearing the testimony of others. So we know what it's like. We know what it's like. Adam and the woman were not ashamed until they listened. Then they committed the overact of touching and eating the fruit. Now, I refer to her as a woman for a particular reason, okay? And the eyes of them both were open, verse 7, third chapter. They knew they were naked, two things. Their eyes were open, conscious awareness. They knew they were naked. Third, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Something right out of the comic book. Now, there's no, uh, this is, is now a certain awareness that they had not known before. They, they had not experienced this before. Their eyes were open. They, their eyes was open before, but now they've been introduced to something new. Just like when we were introduced to something new, our eyes became open. And you know what we did? 
some of us, not everybody, we chased after. We chase after. Now, this is a phrase that somebody may be acquainted with or maybe not. I don't know, but I know that I saw people playing rug doctor. They were chasing after that euphoria that they felt from that first hit. And whether it was a, a, a hit from crack, whether it was a needle, whether it was a hit from a drink, you know, or, or a vapor or whatever it was, that first, that initial hit caused a certain euphoria and you experienced something. In that moment, your eyes was open to that. And they knew they were naked. And they tried to cover it up. What have you tried to cover up? You don't want nobody. There's some things that, that right now in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Excuse me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There are some things right now that you know in your heart that you never, ever want anyone to know about. It may not be anything that is so, but it means something to you. The Bible tells us that some men's sins come up after them. You don't want your sins coming up after you. There's a problem with that. You want sin to go before you, which means that you it's already been dealt with. Whatever you want to cover up, you can't do it on your own. It needs to be dealt with now. So it, you, it needs to, you have to work with whatever God has given. He's given us a method. He's given us what to do so that your sin past, whatever in this moment it is dealt with right now, it goes before you. Matter of fact, um, find that scripture. Some men's sins come up after them. Uh, some sins come up um, before them. You want your sins going before you. Because if your sin is coming up after you, then uh, it hasn't been dealt with. And it's going to be dealt with in that instance. Sin causes something to materialize, even to take control of the environment. I've walked in places where sin was thick. You knew that what was going on because the, the atmosphere was filled with it. Some things you can't cover up. You can't cover up with perfume. You can't cover it up with a cologne. You can't cover it up with clothes. You can't cover it up with a lie. There was a gentleman that in his young age, in his he was just barely turning 20. He was out with some friends. They burglarized the house. And in the process, the, 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 the gentleman of the home, uh, I guess they thought he may not have been there. I don't know. But he wound up dying in the process. And this young man, when he, he, he ran home, and when he got home, his sister looked at him and said, what have you done? There's darkness all around you. He served his time. He's out. As far as I know, if he's doing well in his life right now, as far as being productive. But some things you can't cover up.
Some things are going to show. There's an outer manifestation and you cannot cover it up. The best way is not to do it. Adam tried to hide his blatant disobedience. Adam was blatant in his sin. And the deception that he stood by and watched happen. Adam had a responsibility. He was standing right there. While this serpent was talking to his, to the woman, he was standing right there and should have intervened and did not. He did nothing. You can't stand by and watch stuff happen without making an effort to stop it. Use the best of your ability. Do what you have to do, but don't stand by and watch it. They attempted to cover their shame. It didn't really work, just like it doesn't work for us. There was always the fearfulness of someone finding out. I don't want no one to find that out. I want that to remain buried, hidden. The best way is never ever to do it again. The best way is to own up to it and deal with it up front so that it's never dealt with again. They decided to use an organic substance. Like us, we try to use organic substance to change things, to cover things up. Something that would lose its life when detached from the vine. They didn't think, they didn't think this out. Something that breaks down and eventually decays. With all the intelligence that both of them had, both the man and the woman, they didn't think about the decay process. They had never seen the breakdown of anything. They had never seen nothing decay because nothing had died until now. The only other death that is mentioned in uh, prior to Adam and Eve's sin is in Revelation where John said, I saw a lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world. Someone said God made a mistake. He didn't, he, he made a mistake uh, planting a tree there and Adam and Eve ate from it. He didn't know they were going to do it. Don't, don't believe the hype. He knew it. God does not make mistakes. And if he did, you would never know it. A lamb had been slain before the foundation of the world. Now, they never had, had experienced this, talking about never uh, being the same again. You know, there are some things that we do that we are not the same uh, afterwards. A DUI, driving under the influence of anything. You're not the same afterwards, especially if it causes the, the, the pain and suffering of another uh, and even yourself. Acts of adultery. You're not going to be the same afterwards. It takes time 
mental, emotional, spiritual uh, uh, restoration. A willfulness or unwilling active uh, sexual behavior when your virginity is lost unintentionally or intentionally. You're not the same afterwards. Anger, lying, even the appearance of sin can wipe away years of goodness. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, 23, abstain from all appearance of evil and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit, your spirit, your spirit, our spirit, and the soul, the soul houses, the, the spirit is housed within the soul and the body, uh, the, the, which is housed, spirit, soul housed in the body, be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. If your spirit is contaminated, your soul is contaminated. And, and needless to say, the body don't have a chance. The power to commit or resist a sinful act is within our control. Now, when I was taking a drug counseling class many years ago, as a young person, I elected to take this class and um, and I, I, I always remember this statement that was written in the book. It says, if God wanted me to stop drinking, he would knock the glass from my hand. I, I was like, wow, you know, but there are people that think that way, that feel that way. If God wants me to stop doing it, he'll make me stop. No, God is not going to make you do anything. He is all a willing act. Salvation is willing. It's not a forceful thing. We're not robots. We make sound decisions. If you're willing, the Bible tells us if you're willing and obedient, it's a willingness, not a forceful act. The Bible said he stands at the door and knock. And, and, and if we open, then he'll come in and sup with us, come in and have fellowship with us. But he's not climbing through the window. He's not forcing. And matter of fact, if you think you go, uh, people say that, well, I all roads lead to heaven. Uh, and so it doesn't matter what I believe in, what theology I, I practice, uh, you know, whether and, and worships of the ceramic tiles and metal images with six arms. I find that kind of spooky. But anyway, <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, and uh, pot belly man and all that stuff. The Bible said, if you come up any other way, you're a thief and a robber. It's not going to happen because the porter knows uh, who should be coming in and the porter is only going to allow them to come in. Mighty God. He didn't place the glass in your hand. We pick the glass up. We put the glass in our own hand, not God. God doesn't put us in a situation and tempt us with it. The Bible tells us in James 1, uh, 13 through 15, it said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. So if the spirit of God rested within you, it's not that you are not, you got you Holy Ghost filled, you're praying, you're seeking the Lord, you got the word in you. Uh, you're not being tempted by 
the Lord. He's not tempting you with evil. There's something within you. It's unresolved. There's something unresolved that you haven't worked out. And because you haven't worked it out, then you start to feel those emotions. You start to feel those things that you want to venture into because you have not worked with it. You've not let it go. You've made up in your mind one moment, I'm going to let it go. And then the next moment, I think I can get away with it this one time. Don't play that game. Don't play that. Neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So see, you've been lustful about something. It doesn't say particularly what that lust is, but when it's a desire, lust, desire, and it gets the best of you because you are not dealing with it, it remains unresolved, then you go after it and the Bible said it brings forth death. When lust have conceived, it brings forth sin and sin, when it is finished, when sin gets finished with you, it brings forth death. The man and the woman found out from them touching it, eating of it, it brought forth death. They were pre-warned, don't eat it, don't touch it, or you're gonna die. Adam and his wife, now partners in crime, committed a transgression. Adam, blatant behavior, he knew what was right, what was wrong, he transgressed. That's what transgression is. Eve was deceived. But Eve, the man standing there, allowed that deception to be carried on. He didn't interfere with the, with the, with the serpent talking to Eve. He didn't stop it. Outside of, and, and so they moved outside of their comfort zone because of it. They, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the trees of the garden, because, you know, God can't see through, through the leaves. He can't see through trees. He can't see past the bushes. My oldest son, he did something when he was little, sneaky character. He tried to hide some evidence. He went and grabbed a handful of, of nuts and tried to hide the evidence. And so we were visiting um, um, auntie and I'm looking all over the house for him. Where's this boy at? Cause the man got pretty quiet. And I, I located him sitting in the bottom of a closet, drooling. And I love for him to hear this right now, drooling because he had the nuts that he had snuck into had a worm. And, and he, when he bit down on the worm, it was pretty bitter, gave him a juicy mouth. And so I had to go and get a toothpick and pick the worm out from between his teeth. And he learned a valuable lesson that day. When we try to sneak and do things, you will learn a valuable lesson of why you shouldn't. And thank God for the lessons we have learned because we can use that now to live a better and productive life and to help someone else. There's some people out there that's hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And the Lord said, you'll be filled. Well, guess what? He's going to use you and he's going to use your experience, your shame, your hiccup, 
the thing that you did that you know you shouldn't have done and how you what you did to get it right because we can overcome evil with good the bible tells us to do that adam and eve couldn't do it but you can and the lord called unto adam and said unto him where art thou and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And I believe as he talked to the Lord and the Lord's voice of compassion. Because he loved that. He loved the woman. He loved both of them. And I don't believe Adam spoke up with a loud, stern voice because shame don't allow you to do that. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And he went on through the blame game and she began to play the blame game. Hmm. All of them had excuses. But there was only one truth. I told you not to do it. And in the day that you do it, you would die. Adam did not physically die as we know, as we read the scriptures, but he lost something in that moment. We'll save that. I'm not going to go that time is not gonna permit. There was something lost in that moment. You don't wanna lose it. Lord say the same, we'll come back and talk about what was lost on, on, on the next Bible study. You do not want to lose it. I heard David praying. I'm giving this hint and I'm not going to go no further. But David prayed about it and he asked the Lord, he told the Lord, I don't want to lose it. Mighty God. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace, Lord God. And we just pray and ask that you would bless us to walk upright. Help us to apply your word in our lives, not to walk around talking about your word and quoting your word and, but, and not making proper application. Uh, you said make a difference between that which is holy and that which is unholy. Lord God, help us to live saved. Help us to keep the vows that we've made, Lord God. If you help us, we're going to do it. Lord Jesus, bless us, Lord God, to walk with the awareness and not to dismiss things so easily as we may have done in the past or we may be watching others uh, related to us or friends or uh, even those that are not associated with us, but we see an act that we know is going to be detrimental. Lord God, bless us to, with the wisdom and the boldness to intervene, that a life be saved, that a soul be spared. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed of the Lord. Bless someone else. And Lord say the same. We'll, we'll be back on Thursday in, in our men discussion. Now, our men discussion is not just men only. We have our queens that are there discussing the topics with us because there's nothing like a well-rounded view. The Lord created male and female. And when Adam was alone, he said, that's not good. Out of all the things that God 
uh, looked at and said was good. When he saw Adam by himself, he said, that's not good. And so he prepared a help me. He prepared someone that was very specific in nature that would handle and meet all the needs of Adam. Ladies and gentlemen, there's someone to meet your needs. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you in Jesus name. Thank you.